Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 364. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo Gami. Welcome back for our semi-sorta drunken, how you say, spectacular for the fourth. And I just figured out why the volume was loud earlier, so my bad on that. Another system update knocked the volumes out of whack, but fixed now. It is what it is. So, we're good. We're golden. Let's do this shit. All right. Thank you for reminding me of not of, of not what happens when you don't hit the stop button, Winamp. I appreciate that. Mm. It just wanted to let you know, Ranma. Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why when we take our first break, I'm going to go ahead and grab the, the last of that goddamn Bacardi. Shit. <sighs> Anywho. We are live tonight, week of July 3rd. What are you drinking, and why are you not sharing? It's a bottle of Jack Daniels. Fair enough. That's like the gift that keeps on giving. Outside, <laughs> outside of herpes. Anywho! <laughs> Ouch. We are live tonight, week of July 3rd, 2018, here on the Vogue Network. We are here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, with replays Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merck, XChat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. The chat room is Vogue, V-O-G. You can head on over to animejamsession.com slash network, and if you have uh, Chatzilla, you can click on the IRC link that will bring you into the chat. If you get a pop-up, just hit yes, and you'll be able to join the fun. You can also find us at webchat.gamesurge.net, and also on live.vognetwork.com, there is a link that I'll bring you to the chat room as well. And we're also on Discord, so you can find us at vognetwork.com slash Discord, and if you have the app or the browser, it'll bring you right in. We have tons of chats here. Um, let me pop over to it real quick. We have Anime Jam Session, Shaky and Crying. I miss them. It's been a while since they've done an episode. Orange Lounge Radio and the Bobby Leckler Show. And the last thing in our OL, in our Anime Jam Session Discord was a link that Dr. Tetsuya left about dead Yamcha. But he looks like he's sleeping, though. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 seriously, can y'all can y'all believe they actually had the the chutzma to pull that off? Yeah, there's a, like one or two cutscenes in Dragon Ball Fighter Z that gave Yamcha more respect than all of Z or Super ever did. Wow. I like. I have a lot of friends that kind of root for Yamcha just yeah. in general as a character, and I don't know. I think he's just like a homeboy. Like he's just like he's a supportive character, but he has his own thing going on, you know. I mean, if you think about it, he had goals, and what happened? He ended up dead, and this chick ended up banging the the person that was going to destroy the planet. How does that shit happen? Yeah, I feel like that makes for a lot of unresolved pro- protagonist isms. 
Very much so. Uh, <laughs> Anywho, uh, let's see. For some reason, my uh, my tweet deck isn't working, so I'm going to have to flip it over to the other side and do it from the web. Oh, well, no harm, no foul. Anywho, we're going to go around the room with how was your week, how was your day. Uh, before we started off, Ari, I, I have something here for you. I kind of went digging around. Um found something that uh, I, you would greatly be appreciative of. Okay. Alright. Uh, I, I gotta flip the settings over here real quick. Um, is that it? Nope. Uh, that I didn't mean to do. I hit the wrong button, sorry. But it works. No, definitely, if you don't hear it, there is a problem. Alright, so Ari, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, well... Oh, there we go. That's what. That's the good stuff. <laughs> um. So yeah, mostly it's just been uh, work stuff for the past week or so. Um. I had overtime on <clears throat> on Sunday, which was nice and good. That's Only good. problem is the places that work, the uh, AC isn't all that cooperative with us. Ooh. So we have to uh, either improvise or just make sure we keep our asses hydrated this whole time. I've been drinking a lot of water the last few days. Yeah, there's a... Yeah, the wall on nearby has specials on shit like Gatorade and whatnot. Well, drinks like that, so... Good. Whereas now, I, uh... Well, let's just say I found an, a solution to the, uh... How am I gonna afford stuff to cook for this weekend? Mm. So, I went out and... Well, I needed to get, you know, a certain kind of pasta... You know, like the I, I wanted to get like the little mini uh, wheels. Mm-hmm. The only problem is the only place I could find them was at Wegmans, and that tends to you know run a little more expensive than usual. Right. And, they, than and, and Wegmans is just overall dangerous. Yeah, I, I it's very often where I feel exhausted going in, into a supermarket, but yeah, that did it to me. But yeah, I got the uh, you know spices and whatnot I needed. I got everything else at home. I also had to run out and get a bottle of Jack Daniels for cooking. Not just cooking, obviously. I'm drinking some of it now. Mm. Oh, wow. That, that, that was a terrible idea. I mixed the uh, Jack with this orange drink I got from a Royal Farms. And oh my god, this, this is the worst orange drink I've ever had in my life. It is watery as fuck all. So yeah, tomorrow is a uh, Independence Day at work, and if they offer me overtime, I'm going to jump all over that. Well, it's bonus pay, right? Holiday pay. That's there you damn go. sure. Holiday pay at the overtime hours at holiday pay? Are you kidding me? <laughs> of course, it means that I'll, I'll have to skip out on a couple of uh, you know cookouts and whatnot, but it'll be worth it. Definitely. It's, in this type of weather, it's like this. If you're just sitting around making minimal movement, drink water. If you're walking around, drink Gatorade. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's how uh, shit's been going for me. Okay. All right. Uh... Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, Not bad. 
Uh, exhausting, but not bad. That's good. Getting somewhere, you know. Yeah. Tomorrow I get to clean for this weekend. And other than that, I'm going to be staying as much in my room as I can because we have no air conditioning. Or we'll try not to destroy the place when mm. we go over there. Yeah. But that's it. I'm boring this week, sorry. It's okay. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? How you been, fam? It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been good, though. That's um, good. I, I've been, as you can tell from my voice, if you can't tell from my voice, I've been trying to sleep at a regular time. So, like, I took a nap. <laughs> I took a nap right before. But to tell you the truth, too, like, switching my sleep schedule so it's not hot as balls while I'm sleeping is also a bonus. Um... Sorry that everybody is suffering from apparent lack of AC this week. That just sucks major balls. Um, we we don't use the AC in the house as much as possible until like it gets so hot. But uh, I've had friends who've had issues with it, um, even at their job sites and stuff. And I've just been like, why? Like that should just be one thing that is set for you. I get miserable when I'm hot. So like, I don't know. I. I mm. It's one of my things. I just, I, mm. anyway. Uh, overall, my next few weeks is pretty much prepping for Otakon. Um, for those of you that are going to be at the con, uh, I might be doing a hype video with my friend Alana Owlet soon. Um, but in general, it's been doing all of that stuff. I'm not costuming there, so I haven't had to prep anything for Otakon. But for Dragon Con, I'm getting some costumes done. Um, other than that, it's been pretty quiet. Uh, but for those who are going to be at Otakon, I'll see you there. Awesome. Well, my weekend day has been the usual. As you know, I'm still working on my backlog. And I think I'm at the halfway point for both years. So I, I am planning to go out tomorrow for 4th of July. But depending on what time I get back, I'll see what I'll be doing. I may be working on some stuff later tonight as well. So, you know, it's not like I got work tomorrow. Um, let's see what else. I actually got off my ass and put the air conditioner in. And we're going to try later if we can put, or if we can play our ACs in hopes that the audio doesn't fritz out on us. Um, one thing I did forget to mention from two weeks ago was when I went out, when I went out last weekend, and if not last week, week before last, we had a mini OLR reunion. Uh, me and Drew Nami. I didn't know he was coming to New York City for his birthday. I just happened to check Facebook as I was coming out of the theater from seeing Incredibles 2. And he's down at the way station. So I got down there in about 35, 45 minutes. So we kind of had like a mini booze, Friday night booze tour. So so that was all fun and games. I can't complain about that. Um Uh, I can't think of anything else. That's basically is it. Um, hold on here. Uh, all right. My AC is going. The levels aren't freaking out. So that's good. Uh, Mako, can you turn on your AC? Okie dokie. All right. Come on, give her some AC. Come on, let it work. Let it ride. 
I hate to tell you. Yeah, I had a feeling. I mean, I hear it loud and clear, but if it's a lot, if I don't, from that one section, I'll check on, on the re, on on the edit. If it doesn't come off that bad, then you're good. But you're, why does that air conditioner sound so loud like that? Because it's right next to me. So is mine. Yes, but yours is blowing above you. This is literally right next to me. Ouch. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, you. my window, it's covered up by the, uh, by the curtain, but my window is only a foot off of the floor. Ooh. Yeah. How long had the AC running? Like, all day, or...? No, I had to go pick it up after work. That's, well, I meant, like, a couple of hours or something like that. Uh, probably since 7, 7.30-ish. Because you would think something that loud, it would kind of, like, level off or, you know. No. Mm. Can you hear my fan that, that badly? Uh-uh, I don't hear anything. Cool. Alright, so, hold, hold on here. Oh, there we go. Had to close oh. the, the side vent. Oh, that was lovely. Whatever that was. That was me taking another drink. Oh, God. I think this shift tastes worse than drinking it straight. Oh, yeah. You know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go <coughs> ahead and take our first break. I'm going to grab that Bacardi. And when we get back, we got some chill news to talk about tonight. So how does that sound? Chill Yay. news or yeah. straight tea? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Either or. Okay, oh. so a hot toddy. Got it. <laughs> oh, itchy go. I have to take all y'all to the way station one of these days, so. That sounds fun. Indeed it is. We'll be back.
Now, that's what you call a blast from the past. Sometimes I forget I have some of these tracks, and and I wonder, did this or or uh, Toonami ever use the English opening for Inuyasha at all? I don't think they ever used any opening for Inuyasha. No, they have. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, because I remember, uh, like, I didn't... It, it Change the World wasn't my favorite, but some of the BOA ones that they did in English, I really, really liked. Well, that's because Bowen probably sang it in English. I think so, yeah. 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 I'm just... Because I know they, there's an op- there's, they op- the opening, Change the World, and My Will is also in English, so... And I just stumble across them, like... I guess during the Napster Audio Galaxy Winamex days and shit, and somehow a full version came out. I should talk to a friend of mine, ask him if he knows anything in regards to that. Um. Anywho, yeah, I'm looking at the outline, and those and those articles popped up way after. But what's interesting is that whenever anybody edits the OneNote. I get an email notification that has been updated, and nine and for the most part, I just ignore it, thinking, "Oh, that's just Mako just updating it." And I'm looking at the, t- I'm like, I'm checking my email. It's like it's Monday around, n- it, it, old, it's done. I don't have to worry about it, you know. Like just wow. But um, I mean, if I guess we do have time, we could talk about it briefly. Um. <clears throat> uh, whoever whoever wants to talk about it, y'all two want to trade back and forth go right ahead alright well I mean we yeah. can also just cover it next week too All right. we'll, okay so we'll save it for next week because we have enough articles as it is plus Ichigo loves to talk I'm surprised she's not a lawyer by trade <laughs> it's because I hate politics <laughs> Except when it comes to, Lo- to Lolita politics. Okay, those are rules. That's different. So, d- <laughs> yeah, I pulled that one from Panty Stocking. Oh. <laughs> All right. So this one, I I don't know if we covered this a couple of months ago because this 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 person and character has been discussed previously. Now. We have been talking about lately how there's been shit going on at conventions. You you got people who are making threats and so forth. And because of that, you know, there's been lockdown with cosplay rules and so forth. And a lot of people have been starting to bitch about that. But it is what it is. So, and it's interesting when I posted this article on my personal Facebook, everybody thought this was Billy Joe from Green Day. He really he does, does look, look like, like him. him. I, I can see the resemblance. Like, not now, but like 20 years back. Yeah. I, I, I want to play um, Basket Case while we're talking about this, but I think that's kind of fucked up, so I won't. <laughs> but it looks like this dude started listening to My Chemical Romance and just got stuck in the 2000s. Jesus. I mean, the, he uh, used eyeliner. Yes. He's not waterproof. Mm. So, there is this person that goes by the name of Alonzo <laughs> Rodriguez. It seems that 
he has beef with various conventions and I guess in the Southern California area. It seems that he had sent a threatening text message to a friend, which has gone public, describing a potential shooting at an anime convention. <coughs> Screenshots of this conversation was originally shared on Facebook, but then because of the, what had happened and people most likely reported it, they were removed. But there are screenshots. Thankfully, Facebook user Karen Hyung has ha, has the receipts and shared them for everybody. So thank you for that. So basically, he says in his text message that these cons are due for a high school shooting by a high school kid. I'm working on a case at the morning. Shit you not. Due to the threat and this person's proximity to the local California conventions, local conventions have been contacted, such as... Anime Expo and Anime Con G. Now, <clears throat> the parent company of Anime Expo, SPJA, the Society for the Promotion of Japanese Animation, sent out a statement stating that the SPJA and everyone involved at AX take all threats of any nature very seriously and will always elevate them to their proper authorities to investigate. When we were made aware of the potential threat implied online, we promptly alerted local law enforcement. They have and will continue to take appropriate actions in accordance with their procedures. Just as in 2017, we are working with security teams and local law enforcement, including canine teams, traffic control officers, to maintain the safety of our event. Additionally, as previously announced, we are using RFID badges for the con this year and have security checks at each entrance. We encourage attendees to check our mobile app and maps to get familiar with the various entrances. All attendees must have their weapons prop their prop weapons checked before entering the event and weapon check booths located throughout the entire event arena area. We encourage all attendees to notify the staff of suspicious activity according to the See Something, Say Something campaign. Thank you, New York City Metro uh, MTA. For 27 years, we have been proud of our commitment to providing the attendees of AX a safe and fun environment to enjoy their passion of Japanese pop culture, and we know this will continue as AX evolves and grows. I thought AX evolved and grew, and grew as it is. I didn't think it was that old. Damn. Oh, yeah. This is one of the oldest conventions in the country. <coughs> Them. I would say Otakon, Akon, and there's probably a few others. Maybe my ass doesn't, doesn't want to admit it because it makes me feel old. That mm, happens to the best of us. <laughs> now, I did mention Anime Kanji previously. The chairman of that convention, Allison Meyer, reached out to ANN after they contacted the convention as to a statement. The statement goes as follows. I have confirmed with my board of directors and staff, as well as cross-referencing our database, that the individual mentioned was not in attendance at our convention. I myself did not see this individual at any points in the course <clears throat> of the weekend and received no reports from staff, attendees, or the hotel security that he was on site. In regards to Mr. Rodriguez, his behavior in the community is not a secret. While there was no physical documentation of his intentions at the time, due to, his rec due to record of his prior behavior at other events, my team has advised that Mr. Rodriguez was not welcome to the site. Had he been on the premises, Anime Kanji would have had Mr. Rodriguez removed from the premise and, he would, and would have notified the proper authorities. Anime Kanji and his parent nonprofit, San SFIS, employ a strict zero tolerance policy to any kind of threats and harassment and do our best to respond with the appropriate measures for any incidents that are reported to us. And this kind of goes back to the things I see on Facebook 
where after a convention, people are talking about, oh, somebody did this, somebody did that. I can't believe the con let, get them, let them get away with this. I can't believe the con allowed this. My question is this. Did you contact the convention? The answer is usually, well, no, but see, there you go. I understand in some situations you're freaked out and you're scared. I get that. But you got to let the conventions know or else they can't do anything. So just remember that. Also falls under see something, say something. Thank you, New York City MTA. Anywho. Hopefully, I hope this little fucktard doesn't show up at AX because believe you me, I think he... Uh, honestly, I think if he tries anything, it's going to get a little chaotic with the fandom. I mean, like, you got almost 100,000 people going. Just wow. Just wow. <clears throat> I, I see it as just him being mouthy. I hope so. He doesn't look like the uh, he doesn't look like the kind of person who was a uh, you know back up these kind of threats. Well, I mean that that's hard to say True. depending on his mindset and his willingness to move on his own motive. It's scary to think that people are saying shit like that, but there are always going to be trolls. So I feel like the convention is approaching it the right way. And the fact that this person um, let us know that this was going on was good because you can definitely see in the screenshots, for those of you who are just joining us on the story, um, there are screenshots of their conversation where she, sorry, my husband's getting home, um, where she kind of tries to talk him down and tries to talk some sense into him. But you can definitely tell that he, she, she does. She makes the remark of your therapist wouldn't, wouldn't be okay with you saying this kind of stuff. So obviously he is looking for help. He is trying to get help, but at the same time he could just be trolling or he could actually be talking about violence. So I think it's something we need to keep an eye on in a culture just to keep everybody safe. But at the same time, like it, you know, it, it will depend on him ultimately. Hmm. Anywho, like I said, hopefully I do hope this gets resorted and resolved in a positive way. Because the news is already full of bad shit as it is. Mm-hmm. And speaking of True. bad... Yep. Yeah, and speaking of bad shit... Oh, Ichigo, you ready to sip some tea? Oh, boy. What oh. flavor of tea? Black currant? Rose? Salt? Salt. So for those of you who have never heard of Tokyo Pop, which, you know, back in the 90s, they were a pretty big name as far as graphic novels uh, being produced. And they're also um, known for fucking up the dub of Initial D. And also known for that. Um, Stu, Stu Levy is supposed to make an appearance at Anime Expo, but from previous experiences with other artists, he is drawing a bunch of ire um, because of the the fact that they just screw over uh, independent artists. Um, oh. But North American manga licensor Tokyo Pop's founder, Stu Levy, announced as an annex guest of honor at next week's Anime Expo convention on Wednesday, drawing criticism from artists and manga readers across social media. 
Levy, who is attending a convention with Swedish artist Natalia Batista, is offering up signups for portfolio reviews for aspiring artists. This practice is drawing criticism due to controversy regarding the way Tokyo Pop handled contracts for artists with its previous English language comic releases. And then there are multiple tweets, um, things like young artists stay the f- away from Tokyo Pop. Um, early in my career, I did a couple of months' work for Tokyo Pop and was never paid. Be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, don't trust Tokyo Pop or any other cool publisher that profits off underpaying and mistreating young creators. Um, hey, at Anime Expo, hashtag times up on Stu Levy, someone who scammed artists out of their rights and who built an empire of lies. Tokyo Pop was an MLM scam that hurt artists and much of its base never knew. This is not an appropriate guess. This guy has no honor. Don't let him near artists. Um, Pop culture news websites Polygon reached out to Anime Expo and Tokyo Pop regarding attendees' concern. And Anime Expo provided Polygon with the following statement. While noting the concerns regarding Levy brought to our attention recently via social media, we have invited him because over the years Tokyo Pop has done so much to to promote the manga genre. He will be joined by manga artist Natalia Batista as Annex Guests of Honors, and they will be conducting portfolio reviews. However, they are not the only two hosting a portfolio review session, as we are pleased to have other established artists hosting sessions, such as Santa Inoue, creator of Tokyo Tribe, artist and animator Sean Daconia, Danconia from Super Pop Studios, along with representatives from Collateral Damage Studios and Ruin Liu of Sizigi Studios. Tokyo Pop itself did not reference the concerns in its statement to Polygon. Anime Expo is Tokyo Pop's hometown convention, and we're excited to be back again this year with our booth. International Women of Manga panel and special guest Natalia Batista, a super talented artist from Sweden. As a manga pu- manga publisher and writer-producer, our founder, Stu Levy, often travels to meet fans and artists at events around the world, but he's particularly excited to be doing portfolio reviews back in his home this year at AX. We're looking forward to an amazing weekend. British writer Alex DeCampi wrote Cat and Mouse with artist Frederica Manfredi for Tokyo Pop in 2006, and the comic ran for four volumes. Campi wrote, on Tumblr in 2015 that she had to call a rights reversion clause to get the last volume published. She stressed that the problems with the company were not due to its editor, but solely the founder, Stu Levy. The editors were never the issue. Stu Levy was. The contracts were abominable, too, but I'll get to those in a sec. First, Stu, a.k.a. DJ Milky, a.k.a. Tokyo Pop's founder, Stu was a fabulous entrepreneur, but terrible at running a business. Tokyo Pop was full of great ideas, and almost none of them followed through with any rigor or consistency. <laughs> that Tokyo Pop show that went around the U.S. Um, each was shuffled off incongruously to gather dust in a corner when the next big idea came through. Compi writes that OEL comics at Tokyo Pop received little marketing and support because fans became reluctant to purchase them because Tokyo Pop's reputation for poor quality releases had tainted the output. According to Campi, OEL artists were paid $25 per page for 180-page books, but payments stopped when the series were dropped after the bubble burst and Borders bookshores shuttered. She also elaborated in general about comic contracts. Um, Basically, the further article goes on about laying out rights, royalties, and reversion works in comic book contracts and how the work should revert to the original creator. 
Um, and then Compi uh, wants you basically to know your moral rights and your credit. Um, and basically, for younger artists, be careful because companies like this um, can steal basically your art and use it for their own income. Um, the contract drew sharp criticism from Scott Pilgrim creator Brian Leo Molly, from Icarus's publishing Simon Jones, um, from crossplay comic artist Nikki Smith, and Viz Media's consulting editor at large Chris Butcher, DC Comics Ray's Fox, and The Prince and the Dressmaker's Jen Wang. The contract also included stipulations that any disagreements must undergo mediation and arbitration within Los Angeles, thus requiring artists from out of state or in some cases out of country to front the costs of fly to L.A. to make their case. The contract stipulation also required artists to waive their rights for litigation. Study Beat uh, creator Rivka wrote in 2008 that her first two books received practically no editorial oversight and that her art received no feedback. She wrote, the only reason I believe... The writing improved from the first volume to the second was because I realized with the second book I was going to have to edit it myself and therefore more, spent more time going over the dialogue after it was completed before sending it in for approval. But I still felt a lack of confidence in the quality of either when they were published. Other claims include Queenie Chan's plans for The Dreaming that were affected by the requirement of her story run for three volumes and that Sophie Campbell, Gem in the Holograms comics, lost rights to her characters from The Abandoned after leaving Tokyo Pop in 2007. This isn't a new story for those of you who have been attending conventions and uh, for a long time. Tokyo Pop has been under fire multiple, multiple years for multiple reasons. Um, the fact that they caused a schism between them and their Japanese branch um, because of the whole bus around the U.S. thing, looking mm. for the number one anime fan. Um <sighs> And just in general, their business, shady business practices, luring in new artists who don't know better and are happy, basically, to make their make what they love and make money doing it. Therefore, they go out and, you know, the $25 for, per page, whereas for an, an experienced artist who knows how to negotiate their own contracts would probably be making six times that figure um, for, a, like, a beginning of a... A series so that's what I gotta say on that subject I mean I, I, I'm not trying to throw shade but let me pull the, sh the uh, shade down but I, I'm just saying if I remember the world the America's greatest otaku contest I was like I am not touching this shit with a 10-foot pole I refuse I I was friends with the person who won that contest I think it's been like what ten years since they've had that contest, and he's still running around with that monkey ear of America's greatest otaku. And it's been ten years, and I could and I could probably find people who have done it a lot better. So you know. Uh, yeah, he hasn't defended his title in all that time. Does the 30-day rule mean nothing to these people? <laughs> I don't even think he has a damn art, a damn um, belt for it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, you know, championships like this aren't official unless you have a belt. Mm-hmm. That's why I say when it comes to these costly masquerades and you have these winners, give them a belt. Make them come back the following year to defend their title for a best in show. 
I, I, I th either you make them uh, part of management, or you make them get in the ring and defend the title. Shit. There has to be an equivalent to the money in the bank, you know, as well. Hmm. Because, I mean, goddammit, I want to cash it. Like, I would just run out and wallop someone with a briefcase and then take their title. <laughs> it, granted, it would be the only, you know, masquerade I would ever hope to win, but... <laughs> You know, I'd be able to if I stopped cosplaying. You know, from that day on, I would be happy. And here comes Ari. He's just as dead as Binky. He's coming down with the money <laughs> in the bank with the big face. He hits. He's cashing in. By God, he's cashing in. We have a new best in show champion. We have a new best in show. Oh, mama mia! <laughs> oh God. That won't make like, that won't make any sense to anyone but the two of us. But no, oh, me, Dark Tetsu, and a couple and a couple of others who are listening. <laughs> but I mean, there are some cons that do give out those best in sh best in, in show as belts and shit. So why the fuck not? I mean, think about it. You're spending almost two grand on these on these belts to give to the winners when it's cheaper to give them trophies for that type of money you're spending make them come back and defend the goddamn belt i mean shit. or like start a cosplay wrestling league like luchadors but cosplayers or something already <laughs> exists like that it's the it, it, cosplay pro wrestling. Yeah, no, no, I, no, no, no. I know there's a, I know there's a, a group of, of, mm -mm. of performers who does it. But mm -mm. if you're gonna have to have them defend their mm -mm. titles, you might as well make it entertaining. Mm -mm. No, Ichigo, we already have that. It's called um, WCS Clash of the Cosplay Champions and the Clara Cow Cup. That's we already have those. I know we have a World Cosplay Summit. I'm excited Shit. to see who, who wins, who goes off into to participating out in Japan later this year. Because I'm watching the team from Australia, and I'm watching a few other teams as well. God damn it, give them a belt to represent their country. Shit. All right, moving right along. Oh. Ari, what yeah. you got for us? Wait, say that again. You got cut off. What you got for us? <clears throat> oh yes, um, Ventures Brothers season seven has a release date, but fans aren't going to be happy about it. Fans uh, were happy about to... the delay. Period. Yeah, it's returned to TV for season seven, which is great news for fans who, by now, have practically grown up watching the series. <clears throat> Unfortunately, fans of the show will have grown some more by the time the upcoming season is complete, as a recent Adult Swim bump in indicate the series will not air until November 11, 2018. Uh, the date on which Adventures Brothers will return was announced by Adult Swim in the same fashion the programming block releases most information with its uh, in-commercial in bumpers. The bump, which was uploaded to Facebook via Fan on Friday, listed there was only 422 days ago until Season 7 would premiere on a network. For those keeping tabs, Season 6 concluded on March 20th in 2016, which means by the time Season 7 airs, Two years, seven months, and 22 days will have passed. Yeah. It's a long time to wait, and fans of the Ventures Brothers, albeit not a wait fans, aren't used to. The gap between seasons four and five, which saw the episode count drop from eight to, to a, from drop to eight from 16 last season, is about the same as this most recent gap between seasons will be. The upcoming season seven has previously been stated contained 10 episodes, which 
while it's not the 13th episode order the series had, had in its beginning, is certainly more than Metalocalypse is currently getting. Uh, with Season 8 a guarantee, and with another 10 episodes on the way following this coming season, let's hope the writing staff is taking so long because they're actively writing that season as well so they can release it sooner than past ses- seasons. Let's also hope the premiere date will... So- <clears throat> Let's also hope that with the premiere date so far away, the show will actually premiere on November 11th, since it's not as though Adult Swim bumps are infallible in their wisdom. <laughs> as for what Season 7 will behold, will hold for Dr. Venture, Hank, Dean, Brock, and the rest of the colorful cast of the Venture Brothers, it remains to be seen. Season 6 featured Rush- Rusty inheriting his brother JJ's massive fortune and Brock Sanson being reinstated as the boy's bodyguard. One big thing happened in the Switch is that the crew is now operating out of New York City and not Venture Compound, which was destroyed in a special episode leading up to Season 6. Fuck, I haven't seen that yet. It's fucking spoilers. <clears throat> it's likely the series will pick up again in New York, although this is a cartoon and it's also entirely possible the compound could be rebuilt by the time things pick up again in the Venture Brothers. <clears throat> those waiting for, those waiting for uh, the premiere can visit this website's Fall Premiere Guide, for a list of shows to keep them busy for at least a few months leading up to that date. So yeah, I love this show, and I'm, you know, it sucks that I've fallen behind on it. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Me too. I mean, if it, everyone is bitching, it's been t- it's been two years. We have to wait a little bit longer. Kingdom Hearts fans have been waiting 15 years. You can wait another five minutes. Oh yeah. That's what I have to say. Anybody that's bitching about delays in games, anime, TV shows, or whatever, if the Kingdom Hearts fans can wait 15 years for part three, your sorry ass can wait five more minutes. That's that's not even bringing in, say, the diehard Duke Nukem Forever fans. And I'm one of the few people that actually like Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, yeah, people, you know, showing up their... Uh... Funko Land or EB Games, you know, pre-registration, like, you know, pre-order receipts for one that originally announced, like, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago. That's probably even a little bit more than that. Um, I mean, I ain't gonna complain, because I didn't even pay retail price for it. I price-matched it, because PC Richard had it for 50 bucks, so fuck it. But any... It's time to switch gears over to one, to one of Mako's favorite fandoms. Yeah, when I saw this, I was kind of weirded out. <laughs> I mean, I can see it though. I can, I can see the voice, him, him doing the yeah, voice. Yeah, I can see it, but also just the whole concept of this movie weirds me out. And what we're talking about is the live action slash CGI hybrid film of Sonic the Hedgehog. They have started to announce some of the actors that will be working on the film including James Marston and Tika Sumter, they just announced who will actually be playing Robotnik, and they got Jim Carrey to do it. I'm, as I said, I'm weirded out, not necessarily in a bad way. I'm excited to see him come back out into performance because he's recently just been doing a lot of, like, self-introspection and painting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he kind of like took time to himself to kind of. I think you know what this he's coming from a long deserved break, you know. 
Oh, definitely. For a very long time, he had to play roles that were just very outlandish and out there. Mm-hmm. And then him switching to more of a dramatic thing, kind of... Mm. He took the Tom Hanks route. Yeah, but it didn't necessarily work. I, mean, I like him as an actor. I like him as a dramatic actor. But a lot of people don't. And um, Leonardo DiCaprio had that issue. He goes from playing, you know, 20 years back, 25 years back, you know, hot kid, hot kid, hot kid. And then all of a sudden he starts doing psychological thrillers and more adult movies. And it took him a little while to actually negotiate into not being a teeny bopper kind of character. I also feel like Leo got typecast a lot. He did. And let me well, say, he did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, let me and, say... Oh, go on. Oh, no, it's okay. It's okay. I was just going to say... And, and Jim is coming back from basically, like the whole like painting and all that stuff so i feel like he's gonna come back and he's not gonna be burned out he's gonna be a lot fresher with it and i'm really excited to see his nerddom come out because we all know mm. yeah I'm... i just i don't know where he's gonna take this with all the different versions of robotnik or eggman that are out there i think it all can be based on how they plot the script for the movie and how uh-huh. Sega tells him it's going to be based off of this and this, you know? If you well, that's think, what I'm saying. I, he, I, I'm, he's go on. able to do that. I'm kind of just hoping that it doesn't end up as a Grinch. Oh. Oh, where... or like a poor imitation of an imitation of an right. older style that just comes out right. maybe like in a way that we know Jim Carrey, but it doesn't really complement the character. Yeah, I'm hoping that they allow him the room to do what he wants to with it and they don't try and push him into the character bubble that we know he can do yeah because i saw the bringing up the grinch is a good sample of that because recently they've got that new movie coming out this year that's got um yeah i saw the trailer for Herpaderb- cobble blotch as as yeah. the grinch and uh you guys know who i'm talking yeah, about yeah benedict cumberbatch, cumberbatch. And, um <laughs> And and I don't I don't know it like rubs me the wrong way like he he's a very talented gentleman like I love him as Doctor Strange he's great Sherlock like he's a great actor but as the Grinch I don't know I mean I'll, I'll say this when it comes to Tom Hanks it was like really, he kind of made that gradual shift but you also gotta remember Tom Hanks was like a, a slight generation before Jim Carrey even though they were like right behind each other with the movies he did he was able to make like that gradual transition over plus most of the movies Tom Hanks did they were box office smashes and people talked about it I mean after he did the cable guy that kind of fucked Jim Carrey well it's also not just that but he's also a huge method actor as you remember Man in the Moon like mm-hmm. he got mm-hmm. really he trapped in that character roles. he can't and... be scripted he can't be directed he can only be aimed yeah, so like yeah, that's, pretty that's much. Jim. Like he's such a creative force of nature that like it, like Ari was saying, you can only aim him. Um, but I'm hoping that he'll Also there was a through. long time where he was a uh, you know, you know, dragged around by uh, Jenny McCarthy as the, with the whole anti-vaxxer yeah, movement. Yeah, so yeah. maybe he's trying to distance himself from that. Definitely. Well, he went through a very 
long period of anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. That's where his painting came in. That's where, you know, he started growing out his hair. He grew out his beard. He just tried to, you know, basically come back to himself. And it wasn't until after that where, you know, he actually started making appearances because he he became a shut in for a little while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's the one thing. Like, um, if you want to kind of catch up with what he's been doing, if you watch Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee on Netflix, it's a really good show. Recommend it. Um, And and it's a really good kind of introspection in on comedians in their real lives, like what they just do on the daily, like (laughs) random ass stuff that they do. And the one that Jim Carrey does, he actually brings you into the studio that he's been doing works on. And there's things that are religious notes. There are things that are just intrapersonal notes. And being a, a practical artist or like, you know, I, I do painting and I do sculpture too. It, it like, it spoke to me a lot um, because he talked a lot about you can fail at stuff you hate. And that kind of changed my perspective on a lot of things. So anyway, I know we're getting off on a tangent. I could talk about him for ages. Um, But yeah, I I think I'm excited. But as always, we are uh, tentatively excited to see what he does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoy Jim Carrey. I have enjoyed Jim Carrey since, you know, he first started acting. And we're talking back to Earth Girls Are Easy and Matt, you know, all of that living color and stuff. Um, so I've been following his career since, you know, practically the beginning. So I'm just, I, as I said, I'm really hoping that they don't try and force him back into roles that other people would recognize him for. Because he's just so far past that now. Yep. And that would just... It would ruin the movie completely. Though to be honest, I, if he uh, does the I hate that hedgehog line from the first you know, animated series, it would either you know make or ruin the movie. There's no in between for it. Hmm. And given how... With, remember, we did have Sonic X, which was more or less from the Sonic Adventure uh, generation. I have a feeling mm-hmm. that's where the movie is going to be plotted around there. We just got to figure out who's going to voice Tails. I would like to know how many characters they're bringing into it. If you see, if they bring in the Freedom Fighters, I will flip my fucking shit. <laughs> be like, God damn it, Archie. God damn. Mm-hmm. But I, I seriously doubt that'll happen. Yeah, because, I mean, we're talking about one movie right now, and then we're talking about it being based off of something that, at least in the first two seasons, had a significant number of characters. The games have shit tons of characters, too. Yeah, so they've only really announced three or four names right now. Makes me wonder who else they're going to bring into it. I mean, when you had a TV show, it was easy to bring all the characters in, but you got a probably two hour feature length film. If anything, mm-hmm. I, I just see Sonic tails, knuckles and Robotnik, the main four. That's all I really see right now. And maybe Amy Rose, maybe I don't see anything more than that. No, because then you have to deal with the human characters too. Mm-hmm. 
Don't go to Sonic 2006. Don't go to Sonic 2006. That's all I ask. What are you talking about? Sonic 2006. What are you talking about? Oh, right. Never mind. That right. never happened. Exactly. So, let's move right along. And like I uh, talk about Incredibles 2 for a brief moment. And if you have not seen this movie, you need to go see it. And, and I'm telling you this because this was one of the movies people were asking from Disney and Pixar. Because truthfully, nobody asked for a Cars 3. <laughs> Incredibles 2 came out. After 11 years sabbatical from the create from one from the director Brad Bird, who I didn't know voiced Edna Mode in the second film, just over last weekend when it came that weekend it came out, it shot out 182.6 million dollars, knocking out Finding Dory from two years ago. Ain't that something? That opening. I'm not surprised. Yeah. That opening weekend made Incredibles 2 the eighth biggest of all time animated feature uh, sales. There has not been a major animation release in 2000 plus series since Sherlock Gnomes back on March 23rd. And I don't even think that I think that movie did well, but not well enough. But then again, spring and fall are kind of like your off season for movies. Yeah, the the gnome movies are kind of very niche. Yeah, and I was surprised they actually did a sequel. It's been so long since they since Rome since Romeo and Juliet. I was kind of surprised. Mm-hmm. Now, to put it in perspective, the film already outgrossed the entire box office runs of other recent Pixar films, such as The Good Dinosaur with 123 million, Cars 3 152 9 million. Crap movie, crap movie. Um. The film now has a chance of becoming the first animated feature to reach $500 million at the domestic box office. And the current record holder for that is Finding Dory with $486.3 million. Now, like I said, this article came out, I'd say, roughly a month ago. I am going to head over to uh, Box Office Mojo, and I'm going to see where, what, where the numbers stand on Incredibles 2. Um, as of yesterday, $448,265,980. Wow. And it's probably still going strong. So it's, so it's going to beat Finding Dory. It's going to. I'm just, wow. Anywho, taking it from good things to bad things, and this is a show I caught the tail end of because I started watching Double Dare, and this show Loud House is on right before Double Dare, and I catch like the last minute, and it seems interesting, but yeah, we, we got some issues here. We got to take out the trash, and here you go, oh Ari. Here's the hefty bag. Uh, got the hefty bag in one hand, a bottle of Jack in the other. I think with this with this guy, forget the Jack. You're going to need a two by four. You need a hack like <laughs> Jim Duggan this ass. Uh, let's see. Chris Savino, the disgraced creator of Nickelodeon's The Loud House, has has been suspended for one year from the Animation Guild, IATSC Local 839, the trade unit that represents animation artists in LA. 
It's the first time the guild has ever taken extensive action against one of its members over allegations of sexual harassment. The judgment against Savino, who was fired from Nickelodeon after extensive sexual misconduct allegations, was revealed tonight to guild members at a general membership meeting. The ruling as part of a plea bargain the guild made was the Savino. These are the full terms of the agreement. Uh, One year suspension, effective April 7th. 40 hours of community service with an organization of the charging party's choice. $4,000 fine to be donated to an organization of the charging party's choice. A certificate of sexual harassment training. Ongoing counsel with a therapist. And a letter distributed to all guild signatories. A letter distributed to all Guild signatory studios informing them of the ruling. Savino, through his legal counsel, pled guilty and accepted the ruling of the trial board, which was composed of a half dozen Guild executive members. The charging parties described above in the agreement are all Guild re- represented animation artists. In other words, the charges were bought by Savino's own colleagues. Oops. The char- uh, they bought up Savino in charges of, quote, disloyalty. A union member with knowledge of the situation told Cartoon Brew this evening. The disloyalty to the, is to the union constitution that members have to sign when they join the organization. The, the language in that part of the constitution is vague, but since the constitution doesn't have any specific language about sexual harassment, the disloyalty cause was the only part of the constitution where an actual violation had occurred and where Savina's colleagues could pursue charges. The trial was was scheduled to begin on April 7th, but Savina reached a plea agreement with the trial board on April 6th. Part of the agreement was that the charging parties could address Savina if they wish, and that he would listen. He waived the right to cross-examine parties. So instead of a trial, a hearing with the charges charging parties took place on April 7th. The union member who spoke with Cartoon Brew tells that the, this plea agreement is the best possible result, though it probably doesn't go as far as many members would have liked. There are a number of mitigating circumstances that need to be taken into account. One of the issues is that the charges were not filed properly, something that Savino's legal counsel recognized early on. And secondly, due to arcane loopholes and union rules, <clears throat> the animation guilds kicked Savino out of the union. A union shop could still hire him, and then the union would have to pay his dues, a situation that would have been to his benefit. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, for, we're told the guild, the guild has formed a committee to re- review, rewrite its constitution so they can better protect its membership in the future. The constitution has not had a major, major overhaul in over 50 years, dec- decades before sexual harassment was a national in- issue. God damn. That was way out of date. Mm. Uh, ultimately, choosing whether or not to employ people who have a history of sexual harassment allegations is a, responsib- is a responsibility that falls on the studios themselves. It is each studio to take preventative measures to create a safe workplace environment for their artists that is free of sexual hostility and harassment. And yet, yeah, he's been, like, completely, you know, kicked out of his uh, own series. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, when you create series like this, you, you, unless you know how to negotiate, you know, it doesn't end up becoming yours or something like that. I don't know. I just hope from this he's learned his lesson and he realized what he's done was was really wrong, and he becomes a better person out of it. That's that's all I'm asking. He'll spend the rest of his career making up for it. That's for sure. A lot of people do, and some accept it for what it is. I look at it this way: if you're caught out there doing shit like this, as long as you own up to it and you put forth a 
good effort to not be that person and promote against, you know, harassing people. As long as, you know, I feel over time things will fall back into place, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to go two for two for fandoms. Who, me? Yeah, you. Yeah, so a little bit of extra news has come out about the Sailor Moon Crystal movies. Uh And it was announced on Saturday that Kazuko Tadano, who was the character designer for the original Sailor Moon anime, is going to return and design the characters for the upcoming Sailor Moon Crystal film project. Uh, Yuki Saiko, uh, Sako designed the characters for the first two seasons of Crystal, and Akira Takahashi took over for the third. Uh, so this was announced at the Usagi Birthday Party 2018 event on Saturday, uh, where the films were first announced last year at the event. And again, the two films, it's a two-part film project. It will take place during the Dead Moon arc of the original manga. The anime is going to be, as I said, put into two films. And there, nothing else has come out about it. We have that there are two films, and now we know who's doing character design. Nothing else is, like, they haven't said that he's actually done with the work. They haven't said that they're doing anything but nothing. It's it's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and unfortunately, I think it's going to sit there enough that by the time it actually comes out, nobody's going to care. And you want to know something? You can tell people have not fully have not even read this article. Because there were so many people bitching that the animation qualities look just like first season of Sailor Moon Crystal. I'm just like, did you not read the fucking article? You chose. I will say I am a fan, so I will be watching out for it. But I know a lot of people that were not happy with Crystal that, you know, it's taking so long for this to come out that they just have given up. Meanwhile, Tony's throwing money at, at, the, at the bootleg Sailor Moon series Precure, you know. Oh. Fuck out of here. And the sad part, as much as we bitch, as soon as Toei puts it in theaters, we're all going to go see it. Well, at least oh, yeah. Mo- yeah. Hell oh, yeah. It's like the episode of The Simpsons where they came out with the Lisa Lionheart doll and they just pulled a truck full of Malibu Stacey's right there, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, she has a new hat. Yeah. I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're going to wrap up this part of the news with Ichigo. And I think this is something cosplayers have been waiting for. But there is a bit of a catch to it. Isn't it? Uh, yeah, sort of, kind of. But at the same time, I feel like uh, cosplay jobs around here in the States have gone by other names. But in Japan, a cosplayer job site launched earlier this 
this week mm -hmm. or last week. Uh, Cosplayers Archive, a social network site for Japan's top level cosplayers, opened the CosJobs website on Thursday, and the new website offers job information to serious cosplayers. Apparently, super both... serious guys. Oh. Super serious for serial guys. You guys know my my views on this, but oh. uh, apparently, both the number of cosplayers looking for professional work and companies seeking to hire cosplayers have been increasing in Japan, and the aim of the website is to help cosplayers and companies connect and promote expansion of the cosplay industry, which... Mm, wait, wait, I... wait, 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 hold it, hold it. The, there's a cosplay industry now? Well, no, it's been around for a while. It's just been in the fringes of society. But they're calling it an industry now. Yeah, they're calling it an industry now because it makes more than $10 million, I'm sure, per year or whatever. No, and most of these um, cosplayers mean like $10. Hold on. I'm going to finish my drink while you read this article. Excuse <laughs> me. CosJob features a wide variety of job listings for everything from cosplay companions, like I said, to anime shop salespeople. The website does not restrict the types of jobs its listing offer. Hmm. Craigslist for cosplay, anyone? <laughs> Some jobs are for short-term event staff, but full-time positions are for more knowledgeable cosplayers. And those are also available. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. The website seeks to offer an efficient experience for both cosplayers and companies. Users can create manuscripts, manage applicants, and contact each other through the site. After reviewing the applicant's skills and work history, prospective employers can download information about them and communicate via message board. The annual World Cosplay Summit, or WCS, is just around the corner. The event, which will run from July 28th to August 5th in Nagoya, will help cosplayers from around the world game names for themselves on the world stage. It may only be a matter of time before websites and services like CosJobs spread to other nations to help rising cosplayers connect and grow. There are careers. Do not make me go back and get the rest of that Bacardi. I can't tell if you're, if you're like deliberately like slurring it, or you're just having tr a whole lot of trouble holding back like riotous laughter. A little bit of riotous laughter. A little bit of me being salty because, well, one, copyright infringement. <laughs> but it's if Japan, so it's remember. Uh, copyright laws Japan are a little bit are a little bit less stringent. I know they're a little bit more lax, yeah. but I don't think that they understand that America and other like other countries have had these kind of websites before. You know what? I'm actually picturing Ichigo sitting there on a Lolita version of the of the throne from Game of Thrones, legs crossed, holding up the royal parchment, reading this read, reading this, and then just do um kodachi's laugh right afterwards you know that would just make it all <laughs> there like, you go okay i'm more no. i'm more partial to your yagami's laugh myself mm. <laughs> <laughs> i i just <laughs> relatable this, this i just can't um, but you can definitely tell, like I mentioned, that 
it's definitely coming from the fringes of society kind of situation where, like, I'm not kink-shaming, I'm not fetish-shaming. Heck, we all have our things. Yep. And we can all have fun. But at the same time, like... Uh, I don't know. I'm simultaneously speechless and salty at the same time at this thing. Like, it's not a new concept. We've had Cosplay.com for years and years. It has had world... Uh, world, I guess... Like, the the only thing that this website does is be, basically becomes the Japanese version of LinkedIn for a specific thing. Does that sound about right to everybody? Uh, or the Japanese version of Craigslist for this kind of thing? I think it's more like the Japanese version of Craigslist. And, yeah, and remember, there is a reason why... Um, there are certain sections of Craigslist no longer around. There's a reason why Backpage is no longer around. Like, I just, I, yeah. I foresee this going badly. And if we see in the next two years some, like, sexual I, 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 predatory allegations or shit coming off of this website, I will not be surprised. I actually see an uptick in cosplay JV porn happening once this site gets up and gets goes in a full swing. Which is, like, if you want to make that, that is totally fine. Exactly. I got no problem with that shit. I'm just saying. But, yeah. It can be a little bit cringy, though. Just as, unless, unless unless it's your waifu, then it's okay. Honestly, that kind of made it even more cringy for me. <laughs> to each his own. Mm-hmm. Anywho, it's time for the part of the show. Where we we kind of cringe ourselves. <laughs> oh boy. Let's see what Mako-chan has for us tonight. Can I take the first one? I figured you would take the first one. I want to take the second one. Uh-huh. Sweet cinnamon rolls. Okay. I <clears throat> might. I probably will take the third one. Let Mako-chan sit back and enjoy her her adult beverage of choice. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Legendary anime creator, the Evangelion creator. And Mecca appear in an ad for Sapporo Beer. Sapporo Beer's Black Label line has a long-running ad campaign called the Adult Elevator Series. In each installment, the main character steps off an elevator and has a philosophical conversation with a well-known figure whose age matches the number of the floor. In the 31st episode, actor Satoshi Sumabuki gets off on the 58th floor, where his eyes are greeted by a view of an isolated house on a savanna heated by a shimmering sunset. Inside, he finds a man who's had fun creating visual images, whose anime fans will recognize as the 58-year-old Ano Hideaki, creator and director of Evangelion. Tsumabuki takes a seat in the electrically decorated rustic home and asks Ano to share some of the wisdom he's acquired in the course of his life that's included dropping out of college, helping find found one of Japan's most influential anime studios, and being simultaneously one of the most lauded and derided directors to ever work in the anime industry. What is money? Sumabuki ponders, to which Anna responds, Even if you have money, it doesn't matter unless you change it into something. When you change money into something else, that's when value is created. At this point, the video cuts to an outside shot where what appears to be an Ava, an Ava unit back, backlit by the lingering flames of the late afternoon suns takes a step so heavy it jostles a pair of Sapporo beer cans, chilling in ice. And when he asks, What is challenging yourself? It's standing tall. I don't think it's challenging yourself to try and reach for something that's beyond your grasp. 
it's when you say, as long as I have this much, I'll be okay. You two then drink beer as the act comes to a close. For those who found, followed Anno's career in which his work's been regularly colored by his bouts with depression and self-doubt, oh, that's putting it lightly. There's something heartwarming in seeing his, the director look so relaxed and content. Probably because he's fucking drunk. Oh. The image of the famously frustrated Anno seemingly at peace with himself and the world he lives in is as refreshing as any chilled brew. Oh, God. And while some anime fans will no, no doubt shake their fists at the end, add and shove for Anna to get back to work on a long-delayed fourth re rebuild of the Evangelion movie, it's nice to see him calmly enjoying a quiet moment in his adult life. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I can't, couldn't help but uh, think about him just being completely drunk on his ass and talking to this guy. It's okay. It's okay. And if there's any motherfucker in the anime industry who needs a fucking drink, it's this guy. Just give him the goddamn barrel. <laughs> like, I'm trading in my sake for bourbon. Huh. And leave the bottle. <laughs> and leave the barrel more like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that too. The barrel and the straw. Uh, you know, the only person who won't need that kind of support is our next story. A tough-as-nails bullied Japanese schoolgirl staying home from school, but not because she was sad. Megan, this is a child. She can't really drink, so... Well, I mean, like, it. I was joking, Ari. It, it was a joke. It was an artistic context. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. but some people would, uh, like, wouldn't be. It was a joke, guys. If you can't take I did, but, you know, just... Some people would take it a little too far, you know that. Okay. Well, she can have apple juice, and that is totally fine. Um, anyway, after standing up for classmates and becoming a police target herself, which is hashtag relatable, elementary schooler decided to send a message that took years to be heard. Back when she was in elementary school, the daughter of Japanese Twitter user Machan refused to go to school for a week. This is generally a cause for concern in studious rule-abiding Japan, but the reason, as is often the case, was bullying. However, the situation wasn't as straightforward as Machan's daughter being picked on because of the perceived differences or weakness. As a matter of fact, in the beginning, she wasn't the one being teased at all. Instead, it was one of her classmates that was being bullied, and Machan's daughter decided to stand up against the tormentor. Unfortunately, this now put her in the bully's sights, and Ma-chan's daughter herself became the new target for emotional aggression. It was at this point that she decided she didn't want to go to school. Ma-chan had no intention of forcing her to go, but asked the daughter to talk more about her reason for staying home. To which her daughter replied, I'm not staying home from school because I was bullied. I'm staying home from school because I think doing this will make the teachers take the bully in school a little more seriously and do something about it. Instead of staying home out of sadness, Machan's daughter was doing so out of protest. The elementary schooler had become fed up with her teachers in action even after she brought the bullying to their attention and thought that through her missing the class, uh, the school would come to recognize the severity of the problem. Unfortunately, according to Machan, the bully in question was a child of a prominent family in their rural community, and her daughter's one-week absence did nothing to change the school's policies or atmosphere. Mm. However, 
Once reaching junior high school, Machan's daughter had to write an essay for an assignment, and she chose to write about the experience, focusing on how bullying can cause long-lasting physical dam psychological damage to the victims and calling out those who willfully ignore problems, especially apathetic teachers. The daughter's essay was read aloud out at school, where the bully from grade school, who'd gone to the same middle school as Machan's daughter, was among those who had to listen to it. The essay went on to be given an award and read at an event organized by the city of government, which was attended by members of the local board of education, and Machan hopes that this will uh, finally lead to an improved anti-bullying set of policies. The proud mother goes on to express her deep respect for her daughter's ability to judge right and wrong and also take a stand for what she believes in. As for the daughter herself, in her essay she says, I want people, or even just one more person, to be brave enough to fight against bullying when they see it happening. Because in a world where bullying victims can often go unnoticed and ignored, some victims really need to know that someone is on their side. Wow. That, that, that's Sweet powerful. cinnamon roll. That's powerful. I think that's badass. Very. Also, I love the uh, first image of the girl because she looks like she's about to, like, like, like she's about to, like, play, like, make, like, like you're playing her in like a card game, and she's like, like play one card and just completely Ooh. destroy you. Meanwhile, so she like she looks almost like she's from Kakegurui or whatever. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. in Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I I and I you know I I think it's awesome that she stood up for her friend. It really sucks to become the target of bullying because I've been there, um, and and Same. I'm just I'm proud to see that this is an elementary school student. And she protested because her teachers weren't doing shit. Uh -huh. And then she called them out on it. And then she got an award. Came full circle in a way. Yes. Now, if this was happening stateside, that kid would, like that kid would be, you know, just handed detention after detention after detention. Yeah. But we don't have to worry about that. I like the fact that she protested instead of what she believed in. Now, what we need to do is protest and stand up in what's right, what's the right thing to do. That is, take a goddamn shower. Oh, boy. In a recent survey out of Japan, it shows that 1 in 20 otaku only bathe once a week. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Oh, God damn Read it. more into it. Oh, I'm going to. For some otaku... The strength of their love of anime doesn't show itself just through the depth of their passion, but the narrowness of their interests. The absolute hardest of hardcore fans sometimes seem to have little motivation to do anything that doesn't directly relate to acquiring and consuming more animated content, which in extreme cases pushes bathing out of their regular... Are you fucking kidding me? As a metaphorically scratch and sniff illustration of this phenomenon, Japanese Twitter user Lambda39 shared the results of a poll that asked otaku how often they bathe. And this is what the results were. Every day, obviously, 81%. Roughly every other day because it's a hassle, 10%. Two or three times a week, but I don't smell bad, 4%. Once a week or less, 5%. Oh, fuck right off. Uh, anime has the power... Remember, anime has the power to broaden minds, connect nations, and offend noses. 
And when that was released, people on Twitter said similar things. Once a week is nearly enough to remove seven days worth of stank. Correct. So they're on the same cycle as Weekly Shonen Jump. Are they worried? <laughs> are they worried they'll change sex with hot water? <laughs> oh. No wonder places where ga- or otaku gather have always smelled like pig farms. So there's probably a portion of them who don't change their underwear every day either. Maybe they just go commando. No. They're not bathing. That'll just make it worse. Ugh. However, those looking for a ray of light shine through the odor through the odorous misama latch onto these two things. First, the results that was posted came from only 477 people. That limits how how much of a representation they can be of otakudom in its entirety. Secondly, the Japanese phrase used in the survey's question, ofuro ni haru, literally means take a bath. So it can be interpreted as referring to bathing in general or strictly bathing while sitting in a bathtub, excluding showering while standing up. Because of that, Lambda 39 decided to run the survey again. This time specifying the question about bathing in general with baths and showers and to be treated as positive responses. Out of, se- out of nearly 75,500 votes, this is what we got. 90% every day. Roughly every other day, 6%. Two to three times a week, 2%. Once a week or less, 2%. Those numbers are a lot more encouraging, though they still work out to 1 in 50 otaku bathing at the very most one time a week with terrifyingly no specified bottom end infrequency. 2% is a lot better than 5%, and hopefully new advances in body odor detecting technology will help get that number even lower, perhaps one day leading us to a future free of the Comicat cloud. And for the record, if you want to avoid these 1 in 50 otaku, just avoid the game room at conventions. I just think it's funny that they're developing smelling technology. And they think that this will benefit it. I feel like the robot's just going to get tired and be like, Ew, ew, and run away. <laughs> I think the robots are just going to be like, You know what, it's not worth it. Mm. <sighs> yeah. I think after that, we need to wrap it up and get the hell up on out of here. Mm-hmm. Sound like a plan? Yep. Yep. I think you're gonna. Yes. I think y'all are gonna like the songs they put at the end. So, anywho, let me adjust the volume here. Perfect. And um, we'll be back. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on VogNetwork.com, use the passphrase Clipper.
ran a little bit over, but, you know, it is the holiday tomorrow, and most of us don't have work, so, you know, we're going to kind of play around and extend it. Uh, fortunately, Mako-chan left already. She sends her regards. It's, it was getting a little bit too hot in the studio for her, so I completely understand. So, don't worry. She'll be back next week, so she'll have more strange news from Japan to torture us all with. So, <laughs> if you like the show, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So we're going to tell you what we like and don't like. So if you have any questions about the show, ideas, suggestions, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is anime, podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. Check out our website at animejamsession.com where I actually posted something for the first time in a very long time um, a link to our to the very first International Sailor Moon Day that happened back in 2014, and a link to the full video from it. Check that out on AnimeJamSession.com. And also you'll find on there our weekly podcast, uh, links to our photo galleries, our YouTube videos, convention reviews, anime reviews, editorials, cosplay tips and tutorials, all that cool stuff. So definitely swing by and check it out at AnimeJamSession.com. And you can also find our podcast on several sites. iTunes, Stitcher, Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play. And you'll find it weekly on the VOG Network forums. And some of these sites, you can leave. You have an option to leave a review. We just ask if you leave a cool five-star review. That would be awesome. We don't ask for much, but that would be really cool if you did. Support independent podcasters. And don't forget to follow us on social media. YouTube.com slash AnimeJamSessionTV. Twitter.com slash Anime Jam Session and Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session. Uh, to everyone that follows us on our social media sites, thank you so much. We really could not do this without y'all. So we're going to go around the room. Last words. Ari. I'm contemplating decorating my work st- my workstation tomorrow with uh, pop culture images of Nazis getting punched out. Nice. Last words that you go. Well, I'm finishing up our barbecue meal for the evening because mm. we eat dinner at like midnight. And you too? I will see you guys next time. I am going to play some more Near Automata. It's a fun game. I really enjoy it. And on my personal page, djeronimus.net, I got a photo shoot going up. Check it out. It'll be up uh, later this week. So that is it. End of list. Yeah. I think we're done. I'm going to stay up a little while longer and chill out. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Ichigo. A great fight, great night. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Bye, guys. Say good night, Ichigo. Good night, Mako-chan. Oh, you're just cruel. <laughs> the swerve. I know. I know. What a twist. Ugh, you suck. You suck so hard, Ichigo. It's not even funny. All right, we're out of here, y'all. Good night, good luck, and good night. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. 
For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!